is the Storymobile podcast. We are a solar-powered moving art space that travels to events and through neighborhoods to collect your stories. The St. Paul Almanac book was created in 2005 and has since been released annually. The goal is to bring together the diverse community of St. Paul through literary arts. The Almanac is a meeting place for sharing stories and artwork of our community. This year, the St. Paul Almanac released their 11th volume, On a Collected Path. As part of a reading festival, authors have gathered at various venues throughout St. Paul to read their fabulous work. On Saturday, June 17th, Storymobile was at Polly's Coffee Cove to hear authors read their work from St. Paul Almanac on a Collected Path, Volume 11. Next up, we have Christopher David Lear. Christopher David Lear is a writer, storyteller, and Zen clown. Anxious by birth and mirthful by practice, Christopher writes and performs to show folks uh, to show folks the joy in life and convince them and himself that no trouble exists that cannot be overcome with a sufficient amount of imagination. Please welcome Christopher. Thank you. Thank you to David and Cracked Walnut for putting this together. A round of applause for them. I went to college in St. Paul at McAllister College. And this is about my time there. And a building that is no longer there. The building seems so permanent and so stable, but they change and disappear just like everything else. So this is called The Destruction of Dayton Hall. On page 64. I don't know exactly who Dayton Hall was named for, a famed professor, a wealthy benefactor, or a Midwestern explorer. All I know is that in the fall of 1997, I began calling Dayton Hall home, at least for those next nine months. Three blocky stories tall, Dayton sat just off Snelling Avenue on the east side of McAllister College campus. Many first year memories were set against the backdrop of those white cinder block walls, like the second night of college when Eric, a first year from South Dakota High School with a graduating class of 12, sprinted down the hallway, one hand over his mouth, hoping, though ultimately failing, to reach the first stall. Or the dual floor progressive party that featured a blue room dripping with Curacao and Picasso prints and an overly bright tequila sunrise room, heavy enough on tequila to ensure that most did not see the sunrise the next morning. And then, of course, the ashtray, a room for smokers that always smelled like cigarettes and old beer, even on non-party days. Lengthy, profound conversations about identity, the universe, home, and beyond echoed off the hallways and dorm walls, and occasionally, we slept. My first wobbly steps into adult life occurred in that building, and my knees also shook three years later when I learned that dear old Dayton would be torn down in order to make room for a slick new student union. Much like a younger sibling whom in, upon whom insults are casually dropped, the men and women of Dayton had taken plenty of shots at our old blockhead home since moving out. She was an old building, not equipped with new box TVs or ethernet cables that represented the most advanced technology that 20th century would provide. Wi-Fi in the cloud would emerge years after our graduation date. 
Dayton Hall didn't have a workout center or an event room for dancing and other shenanigans, and we residents never missed a chance to commiserate about these shortcomings. But, like a younger sibling in need, Dayton's pending destruction elicited instant defensiveness in me and her former residents. How dare they try to erase my home, my first year of adulthood, my own personal memory chamber. Since moving out, I'd occasionally strolled past old Dayton, reliving the deep or debaucherous times of my not-so-distant youth. When demolition day came, I gathered with dozens of others to watch the wrecking ball swing and the bricks tumble. As the steel crane rotated with a jerking motion, the cable swung back, wrecking ball dangling on the end. I whispered my goodbyes in the space between the backswing and collision, feeling my own sides contract as the ball thudded against Dayton's second floor. To my horror, several onlookers applauded and cheered as the first wound opened up. Like a horde of wine-soaked Romans, their cheers grew louder with each pummel of the ball. The bricks rolled down the outer facade, first in rivulets, then rushing in chunks and hunks. The cheers became more bloodthirsty as the spectators whipped themselves into a frenzy at the destruction of a structure that at one time had been some architect's pride and joy, some construction worker's mission, and certainly the home of thousands of students like myself. I roiled in silence, promising not to allow any tears to betray my stoic stance. Then the wrecking ball caught the top of the southeast roof, pulling down two walls of the corner room simultaneously. The interior stood naked like a student who forgot his keys after heading to the shower. The crowd cheered the wrecking ball's death destruction of two walls with one blow. As the radiator fell from one wall, a flash of red caught the jagged edge of the remaining floor. An old notebook rested on the broken floor, forgotten or hidden or lost behind the radiator years before. At the sight of the notebook, the crowd sucked back its roar. That dangling and exposed remnant reminded everyone of the life that once warmed the now demolished room. They could no longer cheer for the crunching of brick and tile delighting in its destruction. The four walls once again became a room, a place where people, where people had slept, read, panicked, laughed, drank, and lived. The notebook waved life back into the building. It restored Dayton's connection to humanity, reminding us all that something more than a building was lost that day. After the carnage, I ambled over to the rubble and stole a brick, I thought it might help me hold on to those old memories, but walking back to my apartment, I dropped the brick on some sidewalk and brushed the white dust of Dayton from my hand. It was just concrete now, but my memories live on, housed in the Dayton of my mind. Thank you. To hear more stories, learn more about Storymobile, and to find out where we'll be pedaling off to next, visit storymobile.org.